All right, we're ready. Let's start. In, we're going to be back in Philippians. I did some in chapter 3. I'm just going to start verse 1 off. Chapter 3 of Philippians. I've got one more chapter. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Well, safe to... It's safer to serve the Lord. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin and Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law of Pharisee <coughs> concerning zeal, persecuting the church, Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, or gain Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God, by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, <clears throat> being made more made conformable unto his death. Yet by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which I also, or which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if anything Ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our con uh, conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for, save, uh, for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the work whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. May the Lord add his blessings reading of Philippians 3. Go back to verse 2 now. Beware of dogs. Now hold your place there and go back to Isaiah 56. 
Isaiah 56. In verse 10. His watchmen are blind. Now this is Isaiah talking to the Israelites. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. Now the watchmen would be the priests. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one for his gain from his quarter. Now, there's an example of Isaiah using the, uh, well, it's a slam to, to the Jews, the dogs, and I think that's what, what Paul is re- referring to, now I know they, they call the Gentiles dogs, but he didn't specify who, who the dogs are. He said, beware of them. But what's happening is these Judaizers, these are the Jews that have made a profession of faith and in the churches, and they're trying to get all of the converts, Gentile converts, To get under the law with circumcision and such. And I think Paul is calling them dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. I don't know that evil workers and concision are two different groups. I think think both terms fit them. That's characteristic of Hebrews or the Hebrew language, to name something and then name it again, describing the same thing. For now, and this verse 3 bears out what I've been saying. For or because we are the circumcision. Beware of the concision. Evil workers, dogs. Because we are the circumcision. Do you, do you get the way I'm reading it there? I think that's what he's saying. Paul is a Jew, but he's a spiritual Jew. He's writing to Gentiles who are spiritual Jews. He's saying we are the circumcision. Not physical circumcision but as the Old Testament said circumcision of the heart we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit not in the flesh not in material in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh Everything about Judaism is to have confidence in the flesh. Same thing's true of Campbellism and all the other isms. When you do what they tell you to do, you have confidence in your flesh. Like I heard at, uh, 
at a Masonic funeral once. And that Masonic chaplain said, and, I, and we know that if our good brother Mason, if he's done what the book says, I forget what he calls a book, missile or whatever it is, that he's gone to be with that chief architect in the skies. Now what is that but confidence in the flesh? No, no salvation there. But it's confidence in the flesh. Alright. But he says now. If that's what you want. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. It's not that I have no qualifications there. If any other man thinketh that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh. Whatever you got, I got more of it. Now Paul is not a boastful man. But he's fighting heresy here. Now here's why he's got more in the flesh. He was actually circumcised the eighth day. Now I think it was very interesting to find out why it's the eighth day. The eighth, I think Dr. Minton, didn't he tell us about that? The eighth day is when you have more blood clotting properties in your blood. Isn't that what he said? I guess it's just a coincidence that they st stuck on the eighth day. Or could it be that the Creator already knew how he had created? Of the stock of Israel, or Jacob, of the tribe of Benjamin. Well, Benjamin's down there with Judah. He knows where he knows what his background is. And Hebrew of the Hebrews. Look back at Acts twenty three. Acts 23, verse 5, then said Paul, I knew not, brethren, that he was a high priest, for it's written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead. I am called in question. He says, I am a Pharisee of the Pharisees. My dad was a Pharisee. And one thing we believe in is the re resurrection. And that's what you're calling me on the carpet for. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. Now that's, Paul is re referring to what he was raised with. The, those doctrines did not contradict 
what he learned from Christ. The res- doctrine of the resurrection. So when he said, I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews, I think that's what he's talking about. And as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Now he's not talking about a universal invisible church. What church was he persecuting? Church at Jerusalem. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Now he's not saying that he was he was blame was righteous in the law. As far as their interpretation of it, of a Pharisee, he was on the top of the list as being blameless under the law, just like the rich young ruler thought he was. So he's not saying that he had righteousness by the law. But he said, with reference to that, but what, the, what things were count, gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. All of this that he's just said, I could boast about it if I wanted to, could have confidence in the flesh, circumcised the eighth day of Israel, Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, touching the law, Pharisee, zeal, persecuting the church, righteousness was in the law, blameless. He said, but all of that, those I counted lost for Christ. They, they added nothing to what I have in Christ. Not a thing. He didn't bring any religious works into the kingdom of God with him. Uh, the song, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Anything I had, religious, self-righteous, material, it's all a loss. It profited me nothing in Christ and for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And I think he's talking about all things. I don't ever want to get in a contest with somebody about bragging about how much I've given up for the Lord. Because if that's where you think you are, you haven't given it up at all for the Lord. You do what you have to do to serve the Lord and whatever He calls you in. Anyway, and do count them but dumb that I may, I may win or gain Christ. I lost all of that in order that I might gain Christ. He's not talking about work salvation. But the contrast, all of that was loss. 
but my gain has been Christ. And that was lost for Christ. And to be found in him, not having my own, my own righteousness. Now he puts to rest any, any ideas that somebody might have. He's bragging about his righteousness under the law. No, he's not. He said, I, I didn't have mine own righteousness, which is of the law. But that, which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now we get into another subject. That is the righteousness that was earned by Jesus Christ under the law in behalf of his people and Paul has that by faith just as every child of God has that by faith and that I may know it not that he doesn't know Christ he knows Christ it's kind of like Job I think this is a very very good illustration uh Job, God said, have you considered to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? He is perfect, upright, escheweth or shuns evil. That's where Job was. I think you could say, well say, Job was a saved man. When the, when the trouble started. He was already a saved man. He was already serving God. Is that okay? Everybody agree with that? What a servant. He really was. But when it's all over. After God breaks in. And God speaks to him. When Job finally says something, with the hearing of mine ear have I heard thee. Now to hear to hear Christ is to be saved. But he said, but now, after a year of absolute torment. With the seeing of mine eye have I seen him. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Now, Job knew the Lord. Now he knows the Lord. He, he has grown in that knowledge. He has increased dramatically. In that knowledge of God. And that's exactly what Paul is saying. About that, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. One of what is there to be known. About his resurrection. We need to meditate on that sometime. 
The next time you see a dead body in a coffin. I don't know whether you ever touch them or not. But if you did, they sure wouldn't feel like a human being. Everybody ever touch a dead body? It don't feel warm. It don't feel soft. Rigor mortis. That means rigid death is what that literally means. And I'm not being morbid. I'm just saying death. Death has its own description. Then you think about that body. Standing up and speaking to you. You can't imagine it. It has been done. And someday it will be done in mass. But it was done with Jesus Christ. He was in the tomb 72 hours. That's three days and three nights. And he came up out of that grave. He did it by the power of God Almighty. He did it by the power of the Holy Spirit. The eternal spirit. And he did it by his own power. The Trinity of God cooperated in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, you can't escape the creation in the Bible. I don't care where you read it. You're not going to read very far in the Word of God that you don't find some reference, if not multiple references, of God's work of creation. I don't know where you'd read. You'd have you you just you you can't read very far until you are hit face to face with his work of creation. And many preachers try to say, oh well that's not important. Uh They're certainly not led by the Lord to say that. Anyway. But all of that pales in comparison to behold, He is not here. He is risen. So, Paul wants to know to the nth degree, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, boy, a lot of us could say that, but I don't know how many of us are going to follow up on this now. <laughs> and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. <laughs> You see what that did to the Apostle Peter? 
He denied the Lord three times and cursed at his name. He was a saved man. Because he wasn't ready to be made to fellowship with the sufferings of Christ and to be made conformable unto his death. Now he finally was. And Paul is getting that way. Now verse 11. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now you know there's a doctrine that is taught by many of a general resurrection. And then there are those that say everybody will be resurrected. Well, there is a sense in which everybody will be. It won't be at the same time. But this word right here kind of nails that down. If by any means I might attain unto the exonastasis. That's the Greek word. And here's how that literally would be translated. If by any means I might attain unto the out-resurrection of the dead. That word up over that door. Exit. The Greek. Ex. Out. Anastasis. Resurrection. And Corthonatos, the dead. The out resurrection of the dead. This resurrection is not going to bring them all out. It's an out-resurrection of the dead. <laughs> it's going to leave a bunch of them dead. That knocks in the head the general, general resurrection. Anyway, then Paul says, Not as though I had already attained. Now for the holiness believers... That they can attain unto sinless perfection in this life. Well, I think it's because they have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, they're deceived and remain deceived. Paul does not say that he has already attained. As a matter of fact, he says the exact opposite. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already teleos, perfect, complete. But I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. I think you could say that was his calling. Christ apprehended Paul to do what? 
to apprehend what he laid out for him. And Paul said, I'm following after that. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Paul is not suffering from illusions of grandeur here. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things are which, which are behind. Now, none of us were born saved. So we've all got a past. I don't know whenever you were saved, you have, you've got a past. And it was not one that honored the Lord. It may not have been as bad as some, but it was worse than others. And one thing's for sure, that every saved person has a past. And Paul had a past. He just re reviewed it, persecuting the church. He wasn't proud of that. But he said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. Now, I don't think he truly forgot. I think he, he forgot to the point that he didn't let it drag him down. So I hear some people talking about, oh, I did this and that. Well, you say you're saved? Well, if you're saved, the Lord's forgiving you for all of it by his blood. And why are you still, why are you still carrying it with you? Well, I don't know, it just bothers me. Then you must not, must not have left it with the Lord. You must not have trusted the Lord. You're still trusting yourself. I think that's what that problem is. But you can worry so much about what, what you have done that you can't do anything now. And Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth Unto those things which are before. <clears throat> Did he say at what point in his life he stops doing that? Where does he retire? And stop doing that? When he gets old and gets all kinds of pains? I don't think any one of us could match pain for pain. With the Apostle Paul right there. Sometimes people. I've seen people. Try to outdo each other about how sick they were. <laughs> you think you're sick. Ain't nothing what I am. But if you were to get in a pain contest with Paul, I don't think you'd win. I think you'd win hands down. But Paul says, I'm pressing forward. What he, he's in jail here. He's in prison here. He's not sure he's going to come out with his head. He said, I'm pressing forward now. 
And he was. So when do we quit? The answer to that is, there ought not to be any quit in us. Not a one of us. Oh, I don't feel good. I can't do anything. That didn't bother Paul. I pressed toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Back in 1 Corinthians 9, he references some more of this. Verse, let me go back to verse 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. I don't think he's planning on retiring, is he? For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will... A dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. In other words, God's given me a job to do. And whether I feel like doing it or not, I still got to do it. And then he says in verse 23. This I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know you not that they which run in a race... Run all but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Man going to get a championship boxing match. He trains hard. That's why Rocky Marciana couldn't be beat. He trained hard. He striveth for the mastery. Any athlete. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. He said his training is not just fluff, but I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway or put on a shelf. So, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's his ministry. That's his life. And I'm positive he, he did that every step of the way until they cut his head off. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect. Now I think he's saying perfect in a different manner. Than he did over here. The first part of this. As many as may be mature. And growing in grace and knowledge. 
Be thus minded. Your mind is to be like this. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, you've, you've attained unto a certain level. So beginning there, let us walk by the same rule, that is, pressing forward. Let us mind the same thing. Every child of God, he's an apostle. But he says, let us all mind the same thing. Believers, all of us. Brethren, be followers together of me. And mark them which walk, so as you have us for an example. There are others, he said, we're not the only ones. There's others to emulate, imitate. And if they're walking like we are, follow after them. Not their flesh, as they're following the Lord, follow after them. For many walk, whom I've told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. There's one group that's following after the Lord. There's another group that with their mouths they serve him. But in reality they're enemies of the cross of Christ. Who would be an enemy of the cross of Christ? Let me give you this. Anybody that tells you that baptism is necessary for salvation is an enemy of the cross of Christ. Anybody that tells you that circumcision is necessary for salvation is an enemy of the cross of Christ. Anybody that tells you that the seven sacraments are necessary for salvation, they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Paul said, I glory, if I glory, it is only in the cross of Christ. And these folks that are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction? That's not saved people. Amen? Yeah. Whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. Who mind earthly things? Well, their God is in their belly. That means their God is their fleshly appetite for whatever that they're feeding. And their glory is in their shame. That's why you see in Romans 1, I think Beverly told me today, she said we're in, in the United States of America, we are in Romans, the first chapter. And I believe she's absolutely right. After this election, I believe she's absolutely right. That's exactly where we are. But doesn't God say there that those homosexuals and others that he has given them up over to a reprobate mind, a mind that is no longer capable of determining right and wrong. 
all they ever had was a conscience, but they seared that with a hot iron. And all they are about is what they want to do in their flesh. That's exactly what they're about. And how many of them are there? There are more now than there ever have been. And Paul says, for our conversation, that word polytumos, it means citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. I'm thankful in Kentucky you still had to show a picture ID to vote. And I was glad to do it. Didn't hurt me a bit. What would have hurt is if I didn't wasn't asked to do it. People that gripe about that, they're up to no good. And I am a citizen of the United States of America. But that's not where my real citizenship is. It's in heaven. From whence heaven that's up also we look for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming. Now they've been saying that for years. Well, I know that. I know that. But he's coming back. And when he comes, he'll change our beautiful bodies didn't say that I don't think a lot of people would like that word vow but Paul said our vow bodies that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself the power of his resurrection and he is able to subdue all things unto himself and in order to bring all this to pass he needs that power and he has that power and he's going to exercise that power to change our vile bodies that they may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Think on these things. That'll get you out of the depressed mood of the election. Our citizenship's not here anyway. It's in heaven.
Let's all stand.